The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. All right, welcome into Hallis Hall. We are uh, Waddle and Sylvie, and uh, today is some sort of a day up here. If you're just tuning in and if you haven't been connected to any sort of uh, a news uh, app, uh, Alan Williams has just resigned as the Bears defensive coordinator. Right now, uh, details are still sketchy on the exact reasons why. It's been away from the team for quite some time. Yeah, for a week right now. Uh, Alan Williams has released a statement. We can read you that right now. There is some conflicting uh, messages as whether or not uh, that is the reason. We can tell you this, that um, there have been rumors floating out there about... um, uh, a raid here at Hallis Hall, a Bears spokesperson has said definitively there has been no FBI raid or any sort of raid at Hallis Hall here today. Yes, that has been confirmed by a Bears official. And, and Diana Russini, who now works for the Athletics, she used to work for ESPN, also clarified today in connection with Alan Williams, and she's she's very good at what she does. She says the league is not involved in the Alan Williams situation per sources. I'm told it was his decision to resign. This has repeatedly been categorized as a personal situation and was handled internally by the Bears. I do know that Peggy has been working on this story, so if Peggy uh, confirms anything more, she will weigh in on this because she believes there are more details to be told on this situation. Basically, uh, the statement from Alan Williams, I could read it for you um, because Shefty did put it out there. Uh, Let me get the entire statement. Um, statement from former Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams on his resignation effective immediately. I am taking a step back to take care of my health and family. I appreciate the opportunity to work with the Chicago Bears, a storied NFL franchise with a rich history. The McCaskey family is first class and second to none. I would also like to thank Coach Matt Eberflus and General Manager Ryan Poles for giving me the opportunity to come to Chicago. I would also like to thank President Kevin Warren, the coaches, and player of which I value the relationships and camaraderie. I value the NFL Shield and all that it stands for, and after taking some time to address my health, I plan to come back and coach again. That's the uh, statement released from Alan Williams. Um, look, I think at this point, as you focus on football itself in this football team, the question now becomes, is Matt Eberflus going to be your head coach and slash defensive coordinator, or are they going to be looking for a defensive coordinator to fill the role of Alan Williams? And I don't mean to be callous, and, and you have to be able to separate the two, um, but this is a team that is that is a bit adrift right now. And defensively, it's two weeks in, and we're already having conversations that we never thought we'd have uh, heading into week three of an NFL season. 
and there needs to be some stability. There needs to be some sort of, of maybe Kevin Warren. This is a good time for Kevin Warren to step forward and say, look, guys, um, I'm going to provide the stability here in this, this these choppy seas. No, I, I you said it, and I, I, I think you like – no offense to how you just said it there. You said it more definitively off the air, not maybe. This is a day that Kevin yeah. Warren, where you flex your management muscle and you do things differently. I thought, and I just wrote an article, a column for Shaw Media, and someone just sent it to me, just two or three weeks ago after that terrible White Sox press conference, saying that, hey, the Bears are no longer the White Sox. And now, after a day like today, and we'll get into the Justin Fields stuff here in a moment, and, and we don't know if Justin Fields is the future. Now we don't know if Matt Eberflus has uh, long-term stability. We don't know. Like, I think the better question is, what do you know about the Chicago Bears right now definitively? Well, well and I, I, I thought they were heading in a new direction. I thought this was going to be a new era of Bears football. But the only new could be a new low. The defensive coordinator is resigning after two weeks. I don't know if we know the real reason yet. The quarterback may not be the right quarterback. You may be looking for another quarterback. Is the offensive coordinator doing everything he should be doing to make the quarterback uh, be the best he can be? Is the head coach completely drowning right now? This is two weeks, like you said, into the season. This is the chance for the president, the new president, the man who's been around NFL franchises in St. Louis and in Minnesota and the head of the Big Ten to not wait to stand up to call a press conference today, not tomorrow, not Friday, and to stand up and say, guys, this is what's happening, and I am here, and this is what, what, how I'm going to lead us out of this. These are the to, next steps. I'm here to steady the ship. Yes. And we've got a lot to do, and, and the work on this starts today. Um, it just so happens as well you're, you're, you're leaving for a road game against arguably the best team in the National Football League that is defending Super Bowl champs. So on the field, you've got this group of issues. Off the field, you've got this group, a group of issues. Collectively, it's a whole lot for an organization where this was supposed to be the, the dawn of a new day. This was last year was a teardown. Things are going to be done different. This was supposed to be year one of the rebuild. And they're on the field. It's it's been chaotic. And now off the field, it's been chaotic as well. So we've had moments. I wouldn't say exactly like this in the past several decades with the Bears. But if you truly are pointed in the right direction going forward, this would be the great opportunity for the man in charge right now to step in and steady the ship. Yeah, absolutely. And what have we said about the White Sox? Uh, every time that there was something major happening and someone would walk up to Jerry Reinsdorf on the field, he would bark at them, no, I'm not talking. And now is the time for the highest level in this organization. Not George, because he's not really running the team. It is time for the highest level of management who's running the football team to stand up and be presidential, uh, your, your, your president of football, and say, here I am, and this is how we're going to get out of this. Well, it's not just your football people, too, that need that voice, uh, that, that they need to hear that voice. It's everyone in this building. It's business ops. It's marketing. It's everyone because all of these people have to talk to sponsors and all of the different like this is a multi-billion dollar industry. So it's not just the football portion of it is a very important portion of it. Don't get me wrong. 
But inside that building, I'm sure there are people in different offices and different wings that have questions. Yes. And, and, all, and they need somebody, the person that sits atop, you know, the flow charts, the guy who sits on top. It, it, I think it'd be very ben- beneficial for everyone in this building to hear from him. I, I've covered, for me personally, and I saw some other reporters tweet that today, and Courtney's going to join us. She was not scheduled for today, but I thought it was important to put Courtney back on today. Um to, to just sort of put into context which she's how she would put in on all of her reporting years where this day ranks. I saw some other weederer put out there that today in all of his years is the, the most chaotic day he's ever seen. If you missed the news earlier, Braxton Jones went on to IR. When did that happen? When did the neck injury happen? That happened about I, – that I don't know. I, I heard about it today at about 10.45. No, I'm saying – did that happen I in the no game? Idea. No, I did not have any – Nobody. I had heard nothing coming out of that game about an injury to Braxton Jones. So when Matt Eberflus met the media today, he's going on IR, and he did not rule out that that could be a season-ending injury. Yeah. And Braxton Jones had not played – really well in the first two weeks but he is a key cog to what you're doing offensively and the hope was that he would iron out some of his issues and be think about this offensive line now and and you and I had the same feeling heading into the season we were already unsettled for a number of reasons now you've got Larry Borum at left tackle you got Cody Whitehair at left guard he was supposed to be your center you got Lucas Patrick who didn't practice today I think he had an illness he's your center who and I believe has has been you know graded very close to the bottom of, of NFL centers yes. by any number of different you, you know publications. Your right guard is now Jeterry uh, Carter because Nate Davis has not been available. The only guy that has been in his spot consistently from day one, and there were a couple of moments where he had to miss because of a small ankle injury, is your rookie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's your Darnell offensive Wright. line yeah. in front of a quarterback who's still struggling to find his way and to gain confidence. It's, I mean, this ship is taking on water right uh, now. And then the Justin Fields stuff, and we want to play you stuff, and Meller uh, has cut up a lot of things, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But to sort of sum that up, he had his press conference, his weekly press conference today. He was talking about how he needs to play less robotic, and he talked about how some of that is coaching. And, and, and alluded to maybe he's being overcoached. And, um, like, a lot of those quotes were being tweeted out. And just in, in quote, form, in a form of tweets, when you have limited characters, it, it maybe looks worse than it sounds. And so he did a double back where then he went into the, into the locker room and they invited the media back. And then he had a, a one-minute sort of impromptu presser where then he said, hey, you guys are taking my stuff out of context, and I'm not throwing the coaches under the bus. Uh, I think think I'm no radio producer, but I think the best way, especially because I don't think everyone has heard it, is to play the entire press conference from earlier in the day when he met the media at the podium and then play the second part Is that what we should do? I think we should, to give everybody their ability, I mean, for yourself, kind of – Look, this is and, – and I'll give you just a, a, a kind of quick synopsis of – I think there is an enormous amount of frustration in this building, and there's an enormous amount of frustration in that offensive meeting room, and there's an enormous amount of frustration coming from Justin himself. This is not how he envisioned this season going. He has probably been – he's probably excelled at every single level – I know he has – at every single level of, of playing football in his life. Last year, obviously, was a – 
was a very difficult season, but there were moments where he did some very nice, spectacular things and received a lot of positive attention for it. I have to believe this has been the most difficult two-week span of his football career at any level, or at the very least, it's in the team photo. And I think he's a 25-year-old guy who is frustrated, and I think you heard some of that frustration. I don't know that he I, – I, I, I'm not going to, to just drill him for the things he said. I, you know, He wanted a mulligan, I think, and I think it's the reason why he, he made comments later. Um, I just think that I, – I guess the best way for me to summarize is I think he's tremendously frustrated right now, and you can see it in his actions, you can see it in his play, and you can hear it in his words today. Uh, Mallor, can we play the one minute? Chunk, do you have that available for us right now? Has that been fed in? Yeah, you're talking about the one where he addresses his comments? Yeah, the second part, and then we can – and I I think that's a great idea. So, uh, as as you know, we've been stuck in White Sox baseball, and um, we appreciate everyone. You said that. You said that. I did not. That was Tyler. Who was that? I heard that. It wasn't Tyler. Was that Joniak who said that? Somebody that came from outside. Was that Thayer? I don't know. Somebody came. Zach came from outside. All right. And uh, that was from outside the building. Yeah. That's just like the bullet, right? That Uh, you just said. uh, No, that was from outside the room. Okay. Um, (laughs) So. And we have been in White Sox baseball. We are uninterrupted, I believe, for the next exactly hour. So we have long-form discussion here for you to catch you up. So I think Waddle's on to something where we don't have to rush through clips. So why don't we – we can play that press conference and let everyone hear what Justin said. Um, Charles Robinson, who covers the media in in the NFL – from a national landscape, says we're so deep into the NFL's it's the media season, you know, everyone loves to blame the media season, that Justin Fields is out here saying one minute um, it's coaching and is now saying it's not coaching and the media was distorting. If it's not coaching, don't say it's coaching or live with it. So... You know, and, and and other people love to blame the media. So I, I think it's best to just let everyone hear it. Yeah. But here's the second part first, because this is what he wanted to clarify. So this was in the locker room uh, not too long ago, about 45 minutes ago, maybe an hour ago, Justin Fields. get that. You, you guys' jobs are to get clicked, so it's like... When you take my quote out of context, and when you just say that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, like, y'all are trying to split, split us up. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches, never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take every, whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. I don't care. It's a drop pass. It should have been a pass. Put it on me. But never when you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I will blame it on somebody else. In this organization, my teammates never will hear that. So I just want to clear that up and just know that, like, I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. If, if y'all, that's, that's what I should have said in the first place. But, you know, I was trying to give y'all more details because, you know, I appreciate y'all for doing what y'all do. And I tried to give y'all the information y'all want for you guys to drop. So um, I'm going to do that and in the future. Like, but I ask you guys just to put the whole quote up. Don't cut it up into words and pieces to make it seem like I'm saying something that I'm not. So, um, again, appreciate you guys what you do. And um, y'all are blessed. That's why I think it's important to play his entire first press where he met the media today at the podium so that you don't take it out. It's not clips. You're going to hear the whole thing, and then you can, you can decipher. 
I think that when you start your, your second conversation with him and, and you tell them that your job is to get clicks, that's always kind of like something yeah, that's that, You're that, going from zero to 100. Yeah, I don't think that everybody in our industry is out to get clicks. I'm sure there are some, but I don't sure, think that that's sure. the... I hear a kid... He's not a kid. I hear a young professional who's frustrated beyond belief. Should he have said some of the things he said? Maybe, maybe he regrets saying some of them. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, I'm not going to crucify him because I think this is a really difficult situation. Did he, did he bring some of this on himself with some of his comments earlier? Yeah, absolutely. People make mistakes. I don't think he's ever found himself in a position like this. I, I think we could all use it in our jobs where any job that you've done in your life, not sports, any job, I could use it in my job. You may laugh at this, but there's been many times, especially when we were New at this show, Waddle and Sylvie, where many program directors were giving me information. And instead of just sitting here and having a conversation with you, yeah. in the back of my head, I was thinking about everything. Sylvie's got to reset. Sylvie, read the billboard. Sylvie, don't forget about the clock. Sylvie, do this. And I wasn't myself. And it's not because they weren't telling me the right thing, but when you're thinking so much about different things, they were telling me all the right things to do um, and, and things I needed you to be aware of. You were being coached correctly. Uh, I, you were just uh, uh, your processing uh, of it. Right. It's just it's, it's a lot to consume, and sometimes when you have so much in your head, and anybody who's new at a job or new at anything, if it doesn't come second nature, you can't be as good. And, and so I, I, I understand where Justin's coming from, where he's not blaming the coaches, but the coaches are doing proper things. Like the coaches are trying to teach him how to be a better pocket passer. If you want a longer shelf life in the NFL, Absolutely. you have got to be better in the pocket. You are not going to get the $200 million contract until you can prove to, the, to your team and the rest of the league that you are not just a one-dimensional quarterback in last year that's basically who he was they averaged 100 he averaged about 145 yards a, a game passing 17 touchdowns 11 interceptions did he have much to work with no but a lot of his struggles were issues that he needs to work on you have to prove that not only can you do the dynamic not only can you do the things they ask you to do when they cut the field in half and you move the pocket and you're trying to get you get him some confidence you also have to prove that you can do some of the stuff that you saw in the first couple of weeks he wasn't able to do he's got to be able to do some of that stuff maybe he won't make a living being a pure pocket passer okay but you're not going to get that contract, and you're not going to be their guy, and you're not going to be everybody's MVP choice if you can't do some of it. Don't take it from me. Right. Steve Young gave us that, 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 that insight. And he was and, that type of player. And, and he was that type of player. And he said, look, if I would have maintained the way I was playing the game when I was with Tampa Bay, I would have been out of the league. Right. But what did he do? Not only he didn't get away from that, that using his legs and the weapon that was his ability to escape and run, but he had to combine that with playing the game at a high level from the pocket. And when you do both of those things, now you got something. Now you got somebody that you're willing to give a big contract. Now you got someone who's your franchise quarterback. People forget that, you know, when, when, when Lamar Jackson was doing fabulous things only a couple of years ago, and he was the MVP, he had 36 touchdown passes. Mm -hmm. So he proved 
that not only was he a dynamic player with the ball in his hands running and escaping, he functioned in the passing game. Whether it is a pure pocket presence or it's a game that's partially in the pocket and partially on the edge, regardless, his passing produced 36 touchdown passes in a season. So that's got to be part of the equation. If you are going to be the answer and you are going to be successful in this, this is a really hard league to be successful. Say what you said to me about Justin's goal before the season. Justin said, look, it was him, not us, that said, I don't want to be a 2,000-yard rusher. I want to be a 4,000-yard passer. You can't be a 4,000-yard passer if we're cutting the field in half and you're only throwing on the run. To get to 4,000 yards, and again, I said to you, that to me is not some magical number. I need to see, you know, it could be 3,500 and a touchdown interception ratio of 2 to 1. But to to enunciate that goal, you're not going to get there if you can't function between the tackles from the pocket. So he's the one that put that out there. And I don't think he was being insincere. I think he's very sincere. He wants to be a better passer of the football. And not just on the edge, and not just when the pocket's moving. He wants to prove to you, and it's imperative if your team's going to head in the right direction offensively, that he can function. He may not be the same as, as you know, whoever in, from the pocket. It may not be, you know, Joe Burrow. But you don't have to be Joe Burrow. You're not going to stand in the pocket and throw it 35 times a game. If you can combine the two and be successful throwing it, then you got something that the team can build with. But... When you say, I want to be a 4,000-yard passer, and then you say, I just got to cut it loose and quit thinking and not listen to certain people, those two things kind of fight against uh, Yeah, And, and, and that's I, why I think the frustration is. Well, and I understand what Justin's saying. When he mentioned coaching, the quotes are the quotes. Right. But I don't believe he had any evil intent to throw coaches under the bus. Like, I don't believe this is that big of a controversy. I believe what he meant was information overload. He is struggling right now with information overload. It's not coming naturally to him. That when he goes back in the pocket, he's thinking too much. He said he's got to think about this, got to think about that. And that's he's got to overcome that to get better. And, and eventually you hope that it's going to come. Um, is dumbing it down the answer? I don't know. Is going back to his strengths the answer? Are you limiting the success rate then? That's the million-dollar question. But then when Justin goes back and he says, hey, you guys are doing this for clicks, your quotes are the quotes. Exactly. So, like, I, I'm not going to make this a big deal over this versus this. I want him to play better. I want the Bears to be better. I can't believe we're here when just on September 10th, 10 days ago, today is September freaking 20th. September 10th, I was sitting at Soldier Field. The crowd was going crazy. It was insane. We thought we were embarking on a new era of Bears football. And here we are today about what did Justin say? Is he the, now the right guy or the wrong guy? The defensive coordinator is resigning. The left tackle could be out for a year. I mean, it is... I have been through some crazy-ass Bears seasons. I was here when Dave McGinnis walked away from the job. But this is an insane level of weirdness only two weeks into a season. And it's enhanced because there was heightened expectations. Well, that's the thing, right? Right. Because we thought it was different. Yes. We thought this was finally going to be a level of, hey, they're going at least to – average level of football 
Eight wins, eight and nine. That's not asking too much. I want them to be a tad below 500. Is that asking for a lot? I don't think so. No. Look, and, and this is what I would do. I mean, if they were to ask me, which they won't, but I would give my two cents. If, if I was sitting in their meeting room right now, their offensive coordinator, I said this to Jonathan and Cap today. Look, there's zero. Ooh, there's uh, Waddle Wednesday today? I think so, yeah. Um, there is zero confidence in that offensive huddle, whether it's the offensive line, it's the tight end, it's the whoever it is. And, and the quarterback is is not confident with anything that is going on right now. And the offense coordinator probably is having a, a crisis of confidence as well with regard to what he should be calling to get the most out of his players. You need to find a way to get guys into a rhythm. And get. And I thought that they got into a rhythm last week. They, they, you know what? You, you, you got D.J. Moore involved. So that was, that was goal one. You, you had a designed run for Justin. He took it into the end zone for a touchdown. That was, that was goal two for me. So I thought, hey, now we're going to build on this confidence. And you go punt, 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 field goal, punt, 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 interception, interception for – so there's no consistency. You have these pop-ups, the, these pop-up drives, right. but you can't, con- you can't consistently do a lot. I think that you see they're in a crisis situation right now because of what you heard the quarterback say and the lack of productivity. I would go back to cutting the field in half, okay, in some ways, trying to get him more involved with the running game, maybe some quarterback draws. But for me, he's most accurate, most comfortable when he's on the edge. We saw that in week one with the throw to Mooney. We saw that this past week, the throw to Clay or to uh, Komet. I've said this a bunch. I think that's where he's most confident. So if you can, you can change gears a little bit and try to get them in a rhythm, and maybe for a couple of games you stay in this mode. You go back to doing some of that stuff. Now, you also have to be aware that teams are defending this offense differently this year. You don't have defensive coordinators sitting on their did hands. Did you hear him season. talk about that today? I didn't. He, he said the one thing he did say um, – Courtney asked the question about the way they're playing him differently is exactly what you told us a day or two ago. On the read option, they are crashing to him, yes. and they are leaving the running back a lane. So give so the ball he, to the running he back. He said that, and he said that. He goes, I've got I've to give it up. I've got to give it to the running back because they are That's the, the, the right. defensive ends aren't crashing anymore. They're containing, and they're not giving me an opportunity to run on the read option. And that's the right read. He's doing what he's being coached to do. You have to leave the ball in the belly of Herbert or Roshan Johnson. If the end crashes down, then you keep it and you go. So now that's going to limit the number of carries he's has. So let maybe let's do a couple of quarterback draws. Let's do something different. Let's get creative so that he can get into that flow. My point is, is if, if this, in fact, creates a, an offensive spark, everyone's talking about playing to his strengths. They're not playing to his strengths. Okay, let's make the adjustment now. Let's do it in week three. Let's make some of those adjustments and try to create. And if we get some confidence and we get some rhythm and they start to make some, some positive you know, advancements here, you can always go back in week five and week seven and week nine and re- reinstalls some of the pocket stuff. But at that point, your quarterback's brain is thinking positively, not negatively. So create a good environment. Create some positivity. Create some success. And then go back. It's like reverse engineering it. And then go back, and then we'll go back little, to throwing Little by little. Little, little by little. little. Now, you well, know that's why like, it, was, it was too much. Like, to go all or nothing is, is, is weird, in my opinion. Like, I think they're all at fault. This has just been such a flawed off-season plan all the way around, and that's what's the killer here. It is, um, and, and 
There's no doubt, and there's, and as we've said a million times, there's culpability with everybody. Cold turkey. They're like, let's get them off the run game cold turkey. Is that the way to go? Yeah, but as you said, like the run game, you're going to have to devise some other stuff because team teams are playing them different. So now we're going to have to – they did do the boot that ended up in the touch for a touchdown in the red zone, but maybe some quarterback draws, maybe some quarterback powers where he gets the ball and follows two blockers around the end. You're going to have to get creative to keep the ball in his hands to try and create some momentum and some positive thoughts. But we all know at the end of the day – there's a ceiling on that. Right. There is an artificial ceiling on that. We saw that with the previous quarterback where they, they asked Mitch to read half of the field. And at the, the, the tail end of his final season here in the last four or five games, they racked up some numbers. They were playing against inferior teams. And we said at the time, there's a limit to what you can really do if you do that. I said that this this morning. It's like a defensive coordinator's taking a math test. If you only have to prepare for addition and subtraction, but you don't have to prepare for long division and multiplication, it makes game planning so much easier for the defensive coordinator. So at some point, the better teams, you think Steve Spagnolo doesn't have a game plan for a quarterback in an offense that only attacks a half of a field? So this is my point. See, but that's, a tr- that's a trick math question. What if you don't have a defensive coordinator now? Well, that's different. That's for us, not for them. Okay. They do have a defensive okay. coordinator, and he's a very good one, right. like last, last week with Todd Bowles. So, like, there is a ceiling on what that will do. It will give you an initial sugar high, which is fine. Let's all start to feel better about ourselves. And once we start feeling better about ourselves, then we can go some, install some other stuff. I like that. I like that. That's a good comp. It's WMVP Chicago, WSHEHD2 Chicago. Uh, ESPN 1000, Waddle and Sylvie. We are uninterrupted until about 4.40 coming out of uh, White Sox baseball here. Uh, Joniak's going to be down here shortly, correct, Tyler? Uh, so what do you want to do here? Do you want to play uh, Fields right after Joniak? Because we'll have time. Do you want to do it now? Because Joniak's yeah, I would think it's, it's good. 4 o'clock here. I, do you want to do it now? So let's yeah. do that. We've been telling you about Fields. So this was Waddle's idea. Instead of getting it in in bites and instead of people anybody accusing anyone of saying oh you're just taking this bite out and making it sound like he's blaming the coaches we're gonna play you justin field's press conference in its entirety again i think this is a dumb controversy i don't think it's a controversy at all i think this is a a player right now whose brain is scrambled i think he's disappointed in the team he's disappointed in himself I think um, they are in a in a really bad situation, and and I think maybe if 